feel um, okay about that. So Ephesians 5, we said page... 829. Wives and husbands. That's right, wives and husbands. That's where we're going to be. So let's pray together. God, we thank you for our time. Pray, Lord, that you just bless uh, our studying of the Word together. Pray, Father, that um, you'd help us to see uh, marriage and relationships uh, as you see them. You created and designed marriage. And so, Father, we just want your wisdom. We want your insight. We don't want it to be tainted by our feelings and by um, our experiences, by culture, by popular opinion. Father, we desire to view marriage, view relationships in a biblical way, Lord, in the way that you set forth. So I pray, Father, you help us uh, to see it that way. Help us to see it that way. Thank you for our time together, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, I missed uh, being with you guys last week. Now I had to head out early, head over to work, and do the open house thing, you know, at school, and tell all the prospective parents and prospective uh, students how awesome we are and try and get them to go to school there. But uh, my heart was with you guys. I missed you guys. Um, Nate was here. Nate was sharing. And he shared a little bit more about um, being a light. That was really the focus of his message was being a light. And the week before that, the title of the message was living in the light. So when I was talking to him, like building up to that Sunday... Um, I said, you know, so how are you feeling? You know, what are you thinking about, you know, for a message this week? And what's God maybe putting on your heart? He's like, well, honestly, it's like, you know, I'm thinking about, um, talking about how we're like called to be a light and sharing some things from my life and some, uh, you know, experiences and circumstances. It's like, it's like, wow. I said, really? I said, the title of the message last week was living in the light. And uh, he goes, oh, no. He goes, should I do that again? I said, I don't know, man. I said, if God put it on your heart, then I guess maybe we need to hear it again. Um, so, hopefully Nate was a blessing to you, and maybe, hopefully, God did something with the message. Um, maybe did some kind of work on your heart and made you think about it more. Or, I don't know. So, hopefully God did something with that. I know Nate really enjoyed being uh, with you guys. Um, his uh, his kind of niche and where he fits into the church, he's actually a, a music pastor um, across the state, and I listened to his message um, online uh, a couple of days after, and you know he's saying in the message, he's got a nice voice, right? Yes. Yeah. So he's actually going to be coming back uh, fairly soon to actually lead us in worship, you know, because we have our worship band and stuff, and they've been practicing, and you know we're trying to do that once a month, and uh, he's going to join us one time, and you know, and lead us in worship. So that'd be cool, right? Yeah, that would be fun. Um, I was thinking about the message a lot this week. Uh, uh, our youngest, uh, Judson, he just turned a year old a couple of days ago. I'm just pretty awesome, and can't believe looking at him. And man, it was a year ago, you know, he popped out of Julie, and wow, it's just, it's crazy, it's crazy. A year ago, and um, I don't know. This week, uh, I guess after those two light messages, uh, my mind, I guess, was just there and thinking a lot about that stuff. And um, he's been having a difficult time sleeping at night and stuff, and. But he's been so drawn to, like, so much light this week that I noticed. It was just crazy. Like, he had a hard time sleeping this week, so we bring him in our room, you know, and we're trying to, like, get him down and get him to go to sleep. And, you know, the nightlight is right there, and it's not very bright. 
But sure enough, as long as that thing is plugged in and on, like he is wide. It's like he's watching a movie, like a full-fledged two-hour movie. He's just sucked into that light. And he's just like, he has a little hand thing. He's like this. He's like... You know, he just wants that light. It's just like drawing him in. And it's like, he can't touch it or have it, but he's just like, it's something magnetic that's like sucking him. You know, sucking him right over there to it. And I'm like, wow, it's really interesting, you know. And, and then we're at my mother-in-law's house uh, a couple of days later. And, you know, it's kind of dark in the room, but sure enough, a little lamp was on. You know, and sure enough, I'm holding him and he's doing the same thing. And he's like, yeah, do it, do it. It's fun. Good, you do it. Good. See, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Right? So he's like, he wants to touch it. You know what I mean? The light is on. He's trying to grab it. And he's like, ah, ah, ah. You know, but he's like trying to grab this thing that you can't grab that's intangible, but he wants it. He doesn't even really know why he wants it because he's never touched it before, but he knows that he wants it. And it's drawing him closer to it. Right? And then, um, and then we're at home. Again, like the, the porch light. You know, Zahn, as we're walking inside, and he's like, he doesn't see anything else going on. It's a beautiful night. There's stars. The wind is blowing. He's like, uh. And it's like, you know, like we're called to, yeah, and he's doing that this morning, right? With the projector, that's right. He's, yeah, I, like we wanted to think he was giving us a high five, but he wasn't, you know. He, he like wanted the projector, you know, the light over there. And it's, like he wanted it. He was drawn to it. He, he's never even touched it before. He never will. But there's something magnetic and attractive about it that's like, I, I want that. I, I'm just drawn to it. And that's kind of like the idea of us like living in light and being Christians like that. Right? That's what we're called to do. I'm not saying our co-workers or our family members are going to be like doing like this to us. Like, it's kind of weird. you know. I don't know where that's going to go. But the idea is like, wow, somehow I'm drawn to them. You know, I don't really know. Like... They might even be really different from me or think a different way and have different backgrounds, but possibly the way we conversate, the way we listen, the, something about our presence, the way we carry ourselves, our demeanor. It's like drawn to that. You know what I mean? Like it's just not in a weird way, like stalkish, you know, I'm not talking that, but I'm just there's something like drawing in, you know, I want to know more about that, you know, I'm interested, you know, I want to have a conversation with them, and that's like how we're called to live our lives as Christians not necessarily bash people, you know with how much we know and make this thing like really heady a lot of times, you know, and how much of the Hebrew do we know, and how much of the Greek do we know, I don't know but do you know how to love people, like that's what it comes down to, and how well can we do that, that's what really matters that's what goes a long way I mean, Judson, man, he was locked into that light. It's all he could see, you know. I just had him. I was like, man, living in the light. It's like, that's... Hopefully, we're not the type of Christians we're on the other end where it's like... We're like a repellent to like other people. Unfortunately, a lot of times, in a lot of ways, that's the way a lot of Christians are. Just come across like super hypercritical, super judgmental, not encouraging in any way, and pretty much joyless for the most part but they know their Bibles. Since when was that like the main thing? The main thing was walking in love and loving people and being in the light. That's what we're called to do. That's where the genuine authenticity comes through. So I was thinking about a bunch of that stuff this week. You know, we had those two passages of light, so um, it hit home and hopefully it blessed you too. So um, Ephesians chapter 5 Honestly, I don't think we're going to get past one verse today. So, 
one verse. We're not going to like hang out there forever. We're going to do communion, you know, at the end together. But um, I don't know. There's like a lot of stuff stirring up inside of me, and there's just I don't know. I don't know exactly how it's all going to really come out, you know. But we'll just like see what God does with it, because certainly, you know, to becoming one and marriage is a big part of the passage. But honestly, something before that is super important, critically important. That it's got to be at least understood, talked about, grabbed a hold of before we can really even get into, you know, the marriage issue and relationships and love. Something like even before that that's so, so important. So, let's take a look. The one verse probably that's, that, that's all we'll get to today. Verse 21. That's where we uh, left off last time. Closing up uh, Ephesians. So verse 21 it says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Right, and then underneath there, we'll read it, and I just don't know how much we'll get to. We might have to continue this next week, as long as you're okay with that. It says, verse 22, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. I don't see any wives fist-pumping or saying yeehaw about that. It says, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Verse 25, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church, and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies, He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So as you can see, there's a lot of talk here, obviously, about husbands, wives, and relationships. But that's like secondary to what we got to talk about first and what I just feel like God just wants to bring to our attention first. There's something before that that is just of the utmost importance. And for the Christian, it really starts somewhere else. And however that looks, where it's supposed to start, that will also carry into how the husband and the wife communicate and how the marriage goes. And I know people here, we're all in different places. Married, not married, dating, relationships. We'll get there, not get there yet. Was in one, maybe out of one. Right, But the core understandings and the core principles that God has laid out in relationships and in love is super important and is valuable to all of us. It's valuable to all of us. And we're all around relationships and married couples and kids. And so it's really important to have a good understanding. And as far as God's concerned, like He invented this entire thing of marriage. It was His idea. He had a particular game plan. And... Um, we want to make sure you have a good understanding of that. And pray for 
the ones that maybe, you know, are struggling or having a difficult time or maybe can't see it well or maybe asking God for us to help see our marriage and our situation better and different. So, what am I talking about, though, before we get to the actual marriage part? Take a look at verse 21. This is big time. Big time stuff. Say big time. This is big time. It says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Everybody say the word submit. Submit. That is not a very sexy word. But it is a very needed word for the Christian. Submit is huge. Like it all starts... We can even talk about marriage, husbands, wives. We've got to take a look at this word submit. Because the idea is that the husband and the wife are going to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So if Julie's up here with me, I'm going to submit to her... Not based on how she treats me or what she says to me or whatever she throws my way, whether good or bad, I'm going to submit. I'm called to submit. I'm not saying I get that right all the time, but I'm called to submit and she's called to submit because of where we have submitted to Jesus Christ. Like it starts there with a submission to Him. That's where it starts. Submission. Now, I know submission is not a popular word and we don't like it. But again, for the Christian, it is of utmost importance. Submission. How does somebody become a Christian? The way somebody becomes a Christian is they hear the message, the gospel of Jesus Christ. They hear that Jesus Christ, who was no sin, lived a perfect life, became the sin of every single person for all time, forever. Somebody who had no idea what sin even was, because he never even did it. Completely foreign to him. So then he absorbs all of that for all time, so much so that it disconnects him from his father. They had perfect union and intimacy and communication and feedback, just a perfect relationship. So they sever it, So that way the Son can take on the sin, so that way we have access to the Father. So that way there can never be a sever going on. So when we accept Jesus Christ, we say, God, I want you to just run my life. I accept what Jesus Christ has done for me on the cross. He's taken my sins. I should have been up there, but He took my sins, and He's made a way for me to communicate and live with, in relationship with the Father. That's amazing. And it's so much more than getting somebody just to pray a prayer. And you go to a lot of churches, you know, and they, you know, sometimes they close or start off, or wherever they do it, everybody bow your heads, close your eyes, you know, say this prayer after me. And there's like a big, huge emphasis on saying the prayer. But like the intent and the reasons and the motivation behind saying that prayer is worth everything. That's what it's about. Because the idea of saying that prayer is in that moment, what I'm saying is... God, I submit my entire life to you. I'm letting you own all of me. Thoughts, emotions, everything. In response, because it costs Jesus everything. So the very first act of someone who calls themselves a Christian, a true Christian, 
The very first act involves submission. That's how the whole deal starts. It's not just by praying a prayer. Ah, why are you praying that prayer? Why are you saying that? Where's your heart when you're doing it? It's just a big difference about someone's going to call, yes, I'm a Christian, you know, I believe in Jesus Christ. When did we say like that was the qualifier for someone to be a son or daughter of God? That's not. It's at the first step coming to God and saying, God, I give you my life. You've given me your son. It costs you everything to have me in relationship with you. And now I give myself to you. I don't know how it's going to look. I don't even know if I'm going to trust you know how I'm going to trust you with all that stuff. But I know that I should, and I'm going to do my best to do that. First step is submission. So that's really the question for the Christian: is you know, am I a Christian? You know, am I not? Well, I'll tell you what. If you can answer this, this question right here, you'll know if you're a Christian. If you can answer the question of, is my life or better? Do I want my life in full submission? under God Himself. If you could say yes to that, yeah, you're a Christian. If there's fight back on that in some way, shape, or form, still got to work it out with God. Why is there the fight back on that? He gave His Son and He gave everything because He thought it was worth it to have you. He thought it was worth it to have me. Well, I don't know if I can trust God with this, and you don't know my upbringing, and you don't know my background. Those sound like they make sense. They sound like they make sense, but we can't judge how much God loves us based on how we were brought up and what our background was and what our circumstances maybe are. The way we judge if God loves us is what happened on the cross. That's why that thing's important. Because it cost him everything. It cost him perfect communion and fellowship with his father so that way he could have Jared. So that way he could have put your name in the blank. I don't get that. That's incredible. That's amazing. But God knows how you look when he's inside of you. And he likes that way better than when he's not there. And He knows that He needs to be there to restore you back to the original, perfect, sinless person that God had in mind when He created you. For the Christian, He's trying to restore Jared back. Like He had something in mind when He created Jared. He had something in mind when He created your name. Something was in mind there. And He's like, oh, this is going to be awesome. You know, and He like, He created like a sculptor, like an awesome artist, and creativity just oozes out of God. I mean, he can just speak and just the world happens. What? And he had that in mind with us. And then sin enters the picture, and it damages, and it taints, and it separates. And so how do we fix that? How do we cover that? The Father sends the Son. That's what He does. Right? So the first act for the Christian is submission. It all starts with submission. Laying down my life, my rights, my justifications, my logical arguments that make a lot of sense, maybe to me, my circle of friends. 
But it's laying it all down and saying, God, you own me. I'm not saying I'm going to you know, do it perfectly every time, Lord. But I want to be submitted to you. Because submission doesn't mean perfect. Submitted just means, yes, I want God to own my life. And if I'm messing up and making mistakes, I want to be quick to come back to Him and repent and say, God, I'm not doing this thing on your terms. I'm like turning it back into my terms again. So it all starts with submission. All starts there. Is it making sense? That's critical. That is so critical because if square one of submission doesn't happen, it affects everything. It's just a total domino effect. Because then I'll hold back some of my money. I'll hold back some of my time. I'll think that somehow my sexuality belongs to me. I'll think that somehow my expression of my love is like dictated based on what I think is reasonable or not. These are the things that we do, right? Starts with submission in the very beginning. I have a picture up here. I saw this picture. And uh, Eric, can you throw that picture up there? Look at this picture up here. Unfortunately... Right here's a submission hold, wrestle hold, right? That's submission right there. And I think I saw that picture and I was like, man, I think for a lot of people, like they think of the, that's like what their Christian life and submission looks like. It's like God has to get them in the thing, yeah, put them down. Like there's forceful submission. God can do that, I guess, if He wanted to. It's not really the way He wants to do things. He's more concerned with willful submission. But we actually willfully just lay it down because we're getting a better understanding about how He loves us and about what He's asking us to do and how He's asking us to live is rooted in love. It's not rooted in legalistic condemnation rule living. It's rooted in love. And when we see that, more times than not, we'll be willing to submit and God won't have to put us in the holy headlock like to make that thing happen. He could do it, but that's just not, it's not His gig. It's not what He's about. He's given us choice. And we see that with Jesus Himself. He did a lot of things while he was on the earth. Right? If you want to know God, you just take a look at Jesus. Jesus did a lot of things on this earth. Man, he healed people. He restored people. He just, like, just, man, just loved on people. Right? Man, he made people that were blind, they could see. People that were lame, they could walk. People, he set people free from, like, demonic possession. I mean, just amazing things. One of the most amazing things is that night before, when he gets crucified on the cross and he's sitting in the garden and it's just him and his dad and he knows what's coming next. He's like, God, I do... He's, he didn't say, God, Father, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go through with this. I don't want to... And he's agonizing. It's not just like, hey, I'm not really feeling like it today. He's agonizing. To the point where... He's praying and it says, described in the Bible, that he is dripping these drops that are like blood. It's a mixture of sweat and blood. And it's an actual medical case that can't happen. It's a really long name and I don't know it. I can send it to you later this week. But it's a legit case. And when your body gets overwhelmed to just think you have anxiety, 
when it gets overwhelmed to just an extreme amount of anxiousness, you actually start to sweat like drops of blood. That's where he's at with this. It's not like, oh, I don't really feel like doing the cross thing. Like, it, you know, past few years were good and it was pretty amazing, but I don't know. He was agonizing. Oh, God, I don't want to do God, I don't want to do it. I don't want... And honestly, if it was a court and there was a jury... He could have laid down just a phenomenal case of all his rights about why he shouldn't have to do it. And he would have been right. They're not worth it. They're probably not going to appreciate it. They're going to go back doing their own thing. He's right. He's right. But I think one of the most amazing things that he did is then he said, you know, in the Bible it says, Father, not my will, but your will be, be done. I wonder if the prayer went like that in the garden. Because if he's agonizing that much, and he's like sweating drops of blood, Father, I don't want to do this, you know, and he's laying it down and he's praying that prayer. I bet it was like maybe a half hour later and he was like, your will be done. Just you have your way. That's the ultimate picture of submission. And that's where the Christian is supposed to start. If we call ourselves Christ followers, Christ believers, that's where we start. Number one, am I submitted to the King? No matter how I agonize and what may be coming up, and no matter how even strong my feelings might be towards a particular situation, no matter how justified in my mind I might be that maybe I'm right about something, do I want to do it God's way? That's where it starts. We have uh, on the next slide here. Hippotasso. Say hippotasso. You got your Greek in for today. Hippotasso. So it says, right, we read, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit. That's the Greek word, right? So we get our Bible. It's a mixture of uh, Hebrew and Greek, some Aramaic. New Testament, mainly Greek. Here's the original word, right, that it got translated from. So we got submit. Hippotasso. This word was a Greek military term, meaning to arrange troop divisions in a military fashion under the command of a leader. In a non-military use, it was a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility, and carrying a burden. That's the idea of submission. Willingly laying it down and acknowledging I'm not in control of the show somebody else is I am not in control of my sex life somebody else is that's submission I bring up sex life because we're getting up husbands and wives and honestly we're not going to get too deep with husbands and wives this week but we'll next week only if you want me to, though. If you don't want me to, then I guess you know we can move on. But that's the plan: is to really talk about that more next week. The idea today is like we gotta get an idea on the submission thing because that's where, this is where Christianity starts. And if we don't get the submission thing, we we're gonna have a real tough time talking about marriage because that's the way God intended for that thing to go, centered around submission. That's the central part. A voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility, and carrying a burden. Hippotasso. 
Right? That's what we're called to do. Hippotasa, right? Submitting. Submitting, submitting. Because it all starts there. Jesus set the model. And then we are called to do that as Christians. So we're called to. That's where it is. That's where it is for us. And then some people might say, you know, well, what about what I want to do? What about what I want to do? I really care about so-and-so. And I want to marry them, you know? I really want to spend my money here, you know? We, like, deserve a vacation over here. I really want to do this over here. I really want to do that. Does that mean that God, our Father, never gives us or per- He doesn't care about what we want? I think He absolutely cares about what we want. But as far as God is concerned, He cares about holiness first and submission to Him first, and then our happiness second. And I know there will be fight back on that, but that's where the submission part comes in. Like, are we submitted to that agreement? Are we submitted to the agreement of we're totally loved and accepted by God, but we are completely expendable at whatever He wants to use us for? That's what this thing is about. Everybody loves that. God loves me. Everybody loves that part. But at the same time, He is our Father, our King, and our Commander. And he should be able to expend us however he sees fit, whenever he sees fit. So even though my feelings may be extremely strong towards another person, another relationship, does that mean automatically, boom, we should marry them and like get this thing locked up and sealed up? Maybe, maybe not. Let's bring the feelings that are strong and the ideas that are going on, let's submit them before God in the way on His terms and what He says, and let's see where it goes. Maybe you are due for the vacation or for whatever's coming up. But maybe at the same time, God might be stirring up in somebody. Hey, I need you to give over here in this particular thing. But I don't even know them, you know, and I don't, you know, da, 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 da. All the reasons. But then we just bring that before Him. And we say, Lord, I think that you're asking me to do this. I don't know. Really? Do you want me to do this? And we get alone with them and we talk to them. We ask them about it. And we ask other Christian brothers and sisters and make sure you know we're not creating a scenario of making things up in our heads so that we can just do what we want to do. So the submitted life, it doesn't just respond to really good analytical reasoning and really strong feelings. Just because there's really good reasons laid out that make a lot of sense and the feelings are really strong does not necessarily mean that it's coming from God. You with me on that? That's a tough one. Because we're built with humans. Like the, the, the feelings think that's strong. The emotions are strong. And sometimes that's all we can see. But thank God, like... He's put other brothers and sisters and like Christian family members around us that hopefully just aren't yes people, but they're Jesus people. And they're like, yeah, I know you're feeling that, but I don't know. 
doesn't quite feel right. Let's start praying about it together. Let's start maybe like looking at a couple of verses about it together. And I'm going to start digging in and figuring out, is this what God wants? Because we're submitted to Him in all areas and all shapes and form. Because it's always going to go back to, what did I submit to in the beginning? Did I submit to that God owns me and my life exists so that He can be glorified in it? If that's true, we're good for the stuff later. If there's a struggle right there, it's going to be a battle later on. Constant give and take. The Christian life will be stale. It'll be dull. It won't make sense. You'll be confused. You'll have God like on trial half the time and you'll have your reasons. It'll be jacked up. But if it starts in square one, God, you are God. I am not you. Thank you for sending your son to die for me. I want you to be glorified in my life. That's a really good place to start. Because when we get married, what are you doing to get married? Oh, I love so and so so much. We want God to be glorified in our marriage. That's the goal of our marriage. Sure, you want to do other things like care, take care of responsibilities and pay bills and hopefully do a good job with kids and stuff. But how you pay the bills, how you discipline the kids, how you hang out with particular family members, the main goal is how is God going to be glorified in that? How will God be glorified in our checkbook? How is God going to be glorified in how we discipline them? Right? The goal is just completely different. The goal is not just, hey, listen, let's get like some respectable, nice, kind people out there. That's not the goal for the Christian. The goal is glorification of the God who made us and sent His Son to die for us. Man, the submission thing is so important. And it starts right there. That's it. And sometimes the submission thing leads to some drastic changes in life. Remember when Jesus said that thing where He said, you know, if sin is around and it causes you, you know, to stumble, pluck your eyeballs out. Say so if your right hand causes you to sin, you know, chop that off. Right? The idea was not that we walk around as dismembered Christians and just, you know, I'm following Jesus. I had to cut my right leg off today. It's just, you know... Causing me to sin, you know. No, that's not the idea. The idea is that when sin and other things present itself in our lives and it starts to interfere with the submission on his terms and the way he describes, we aggressively go after the submission. So much so that sometimes it just cuts off a relationship. Maybe not in the best way. But we know in our heart of hearts that things shouldn't be there. And we've justified it long enough and this has got to be done. Well, how loving is that? To let just to let a person go. Really loving. Because you're submitting on his terms. He'll pick up the pieces. Sometimes you just gotta be aggressive and just cut stuff out of our lives. Different substances, different people, different types of entertainment. He'll make things clear to us. When we hang out with him and we get to know him, and his spirit ministers to our hearts. He makes it clear. Hey, this ain't the best. Hey, it's getting in the way. I can't speak to you clearly through this. Then the submission thing comes, you know? Does he have to do the headlock, you know, thing? Or we just lay it down. 
man, I pray that we'd have enough courage, that I would have enough courage, that we'd be the type of Christians where we just desire the submission as well so much that our response with courage is like really quick. We don't have to procrastinate and delay really long until we can understand all of the answers of why God wants to do it. We'll just jump in because the Spirit is ministering to our hearts and we know we've got to respond to that. Why put that thing off? Submission. It's a big deal, right? Big deal. Again, it's not perfect, but it's submission. Understanding who He is and saying, yes, my life is fully submitted in all areas. That doesn't mean that you do it perfectly in all areas, but that just means like that's the goal, that's the mindset. And a lot of times, just like marriage, you don't understand what you're getting into until you're actually in it. Oh, this is what that meant. And God will be patient with us and He'll work with us and be like, you know, they didn't totally understand what it meant when He said, I'm going to own their life. And they're struggling through it right now. Hopefully we can be the type of people that doesn't now paralyze us in our relationship with Him and then you know, put Him on trial for a period of time. We don't want to be that type of people. And there's something amazing that happens. I talked about you know, our desires and our wants and what we want. And all that. Stuff still matters and I think He puts that stuff in there. We got a verse from Psalm 37 on there. It's amazing when... Um, we do this and we submit. It says, take delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. So if you've got desires in your heart and there's things that you want, it's important to God. It's that He doesn't care at all about our happiness. He just wants to make sure it falls in line with what He has for us. Because He doesn't want to just give us good stuff. He wants to give us the best stuff. Did you know that? Did you know that your God wants to just like... He's not sitting there you know, with the bifocals down and finger wide. He wants to give you the best stuff that He can possibly give you. Just like your own kids. I want to give Jaren and Shudson, man, I just want to bless the socks off those kids. I want go-karts in the yard. Like, I want boats. I want jet skis. You know, I want to do... I don't know if we're going to do any of that, but if we're in the position where we can, man, I want to. I want to bless their socks off. Want to get them around good women when they're younger, you know, and like have a marriage, just an awesome girl. But I don't. I want to do it in the right way, though. Right? I want to jump the gun. I understand, like right now, like wouldn't be a good time to have a go kart in the yard. They're gonna run each other over. It'd be bad. Things can get out of hand real fast. And it's certainly not much different with our heavenly Father. He's like, man, I want to bless you. I want to give you the best stuff. But you've got to be in a position to where you can handle the blessing. We have to be in a position where we can handle that. We won't run wild and like start doing weird things and running each other over. So you've got to be ready for that stuff. And it's awesome because He's going to give you the desires of your heart anyways. And the amazing thing is, as we get alone with Him and we be with Him, He starts, he starts to change the desires. Things that we thought were really important at one time maybe just like aren't that much. It just takes its place. Oh, I used to think that, you know, um, 
having letters, you know, after my name was so important and having degrees and making a certain amount of money is really important or, you know, looking a particular way and making sure my diet is going a particular way and, uh, you know, whatever it is. Maybe it used to be most important, but when, man, God comes in there and we start to submit our lives, He just starts to put things in order now. Starts to just put things in order. I used to love like working out, going to the gym, you know, being active, doing that stuff all the time. Coach basketball for like ever, you know. I just I just love like athletics and like just being out and doing stuff. I still like it, but it's just it's not up there. There's other stuff that's up there now. I gotta learn how to be like a better husband and just invest more time and energy into that. Like I gotta invest and understand more like what it means to be a son of God. I gotta get that better. Understand that more. The other stuff, you know, it's good and it's great. It's not that they're bad things. But God has made it clear to my heart like what He's trying to do with me and how He's trying to mold me. And He like does the same thing with you. He does the same thing with us. Yeah, the other stuff we thought was really important, but it'll start to take its place when we evolve from in there. And things that we wanted so badly. Eh, He'll set the right priorities. That's how you know Christians or some people are having a really difficult time is just have a really difficult time in life figuring out what their priorities are, like what's important and trying to plan things around. Just hang out with God for a while. Spend some time with Him. Get to know Him and talk with Him. and He'll make it clear. It's unbelievable how He does it. It's unbelievable how He does it when we get alone with Him. I think I have one last verse on there, Eric. I'm going to just close with the verse and we'll take communion together. I think the last verse on the slide there. Yeah, sorry. It was a picture, sorry. So the first slide was the holy stranglehold and puts you down and make you surrender. And honestly, like I'd like, you know... I don't know. We do that a lot in our, in our own lives. Like when we want something, like, you man, you put them in a the headlock. Do it now, you know. The truth of the matter is, when we do submit, this is more of an accurate picture of what happens in our lives. Stuff gets broken and you get freed. The temptation is to think that when we submit, we're missing out because we don't have total control. And it's scary as all H-E double hockey sticks. It is. Especially if you haven't done it before. Especially if you're on a pattern in life of doing that. First times you do it, man, that scares, scares you. Is he going to come through? Is he going to be faithful? I'm laying a lot down here, you know. I'm trusting you, Lord. This is the picture, though. I'm telling you this is the truth. If you submit and lay it down... Man, you just get free. It's like, oh, I'm not in control and I'm in so much better hands when He has me. Oh, man, life is so much better that way. So much better. And Jesus said something, Eric, one slide on the verse there. I think it's Matthew uh, 16 or so, and you give life away. Yeah. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses life for my sake will find it. That's the way this Christian thing works. Life in Christ and as a Christian 
it really starts to explode when you go all in on his terms. Then it's like you're actually starting to live life for the first time. You're seeing things for how they are. I remember Julie and I were riding in the car. Maybe it was like, I don't know, last year or something like that. And, you know, we're just struggling, talking through a lot of stuff. We probably got into a fight earlier in the day, you know, and I was just trying to figure things out. And, um, and we're talking, you know, and this verse came up. I was like, babe, you know, God is just really trying to get our attention with, you know, some things that are going on. And are we going to hold on to, like, this stuff? Or are we just going to let Him have full reign in our family? Just have Him own you and I and our kids. And if we end up in a box together somewhere, then that's just so be it. Can we, are we going to do that? Like, are we in like that? And, uh, and then this verse came up. And I was like, babe, what about, you know, when Jesus said, you know? And she's like, that's true. She's like, I fight Him so much every step of the way. She's like, when am I going to fight him less? I'm like, I don't know, you know. But this is this is life. This is the stuff that matters. Been homeschooled in the wrong school of thought, where we think that as long as we're in control and we have like a lot of good reasons, like that's the best for us. And then culture can get in behind us and get some other people that agree with us, and then yeah, that's a good thing to do. Man, submission on God's terms is just. It's unbelievable, and life changes dramatically for the better. So hopefully we can fight them less this week. Hopefully. Right? Hopefully less today. I don't know what today has for me or for you. We might get smacked with a submission opportunity as soon as we walk out the door today. We probably will. We probably will. So what we're going to do is we're going to open up... um, We have communion elements up here. Uh, we're going to play that last song, Waiting Here for You. We'll play it a little bit soft. And um, if you'd like to take communion with us, uh, come on up. We usually just come right up through here. Just take the elements, hold on to them, and then we'll take them together as a family. Sound good? Okay.
demonstration for submission. I mean, when Jesus uh, was sitting around the table with his disciples there, this, like, is submission. Like, this is a picture of it. He's like, I am laying this down. This is the new covenant. Like, this is possible because I'm submitting. Because at any time, Jesus could have sent in legions. So just angels would be like, nope, we ain't doing this today. Anytime. Anytime. He laid it down on his own accord because he thought it was worth it. And he's in full agreement and full submission to the Father. I'm like, this is submission right here. This is it. And we get to share in it together. And as we share in it together, that's what we're saying. That's what we're saying when we take communion together. God, I am fully submitted to your way, to your plans, on your terms. That's what communion means. So, even if you have in your hand and you can't say that, I wouldn't take communion. There's, there's no point. Because that's what it means. And if there's some fight back on that, then I would do everything that you possibly could to figure that out with God. God, I don't want to trust you with such and such. I have an issue trusting you with such and such. I don't want to fully submit because, and then just fill in the blank. And I would love to talk with you, and there are other brothers and sisters here that would love to talk with you and just help walk you through it. Help show you why God loves you. It's important stuff. So it says, while they're eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and he gave it to his disciples saying, Take and eat, this is my body. And so we take and we eat. It says, Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And so we take and we drink. He says, I tell you the truth, you know, I drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. And that's what we do. We won't, at some point, we take communion, like we say, around a huge table in heaven, all nations of the world, from all people of all time. It's intense. I wonder what it's going to taste like, what the bread will be like. That would be pretty awesome. So let's stand and we're going to close in prayer. So I hope and pray as we go out this week, it is our desire to submit with the least amount of fighting as possible. God, I want to fill in the blank on your terms this week, your way. And no matter how the week goes, that's a very successful and good week. If by the end, or by the end of one day, maybe a week is too much, by the end of one day, Say, Lord, I tried to submit to you the best I could today. And when I felt like you wanted me to go a particular way, God, I just said, I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I want to do better. I want to do better on your terms, your way. That's a good week. That's a great day. Regardless of what happens. Because in the kingdom, with the angels watching, they're like, wow, that son, that daughter, 
They're not playing around with being submitted to Christ. They want to do life on His terms. And I guarantee you the angels start elbowing and be like, watch out, God's going to use that particular son or daughter. Because it ain't about them. It's about the kingdom. So if we can go out with that attitude, I hope and pray this week. Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. God, I thank you for sending a model like your son and Jesus to to model and, and help us to really see what submission looks like. And some of the frustration and anxiety might come with it, Lord, but I pray, I pray, God, that we could be a group that really wants to submit, Lord, and is doing all in our power that we can to submit to your way and what you're asking. Not because it leads to a stifled life, but because it leads to a free life. And Father, I pray that you'd continue to show each of my brothers and sisters as they get alone with you, that you would show them how much you love them, Lord, and how freedom is guaranteed. And how verses like we are more than conquerors, Lord, is a reality. Pray that that would happen, Lord. May we be diligent with spending time with you this week. May we be aggressive about getting alone with you this week, getting your word into our hearts, and just, man, loving up people around us this week. God, we thank you for this morning, Lord. We look forward to seeing what you're going to do and what you're going to bring forth. We thank you for our time together. And in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we got some.